believe it, we're going to the Isle of Wight Festival tomorrow. Yes. It's come up quick, isn't it? It feels great and exciting to be going to a festival. It's been ages. If you're going, we will see you there over the weekend. Absolute Radio, of course, there, bringing you that festival exclusively. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, we're DJing on the main stage, 80s versus 90s, tomorrow as well. Mm. There's a lot going on. The only thing, the only item of concern I have ahead of the Isle of Wight Festival is uh, when I've been stood up for a long period of time, I get quite a sore lower back. And I would love to bring a fishing seat with me. My dad goes fishing all the time, right? My dad, Nigel. And he's got this little really snazzy... It's not a walking stick. It's like a stick with a seat on the top. It's like an umbrella. If, if the ones that I've imagined, it's like an umbrella sort of point thing, but it's got like a fold-out seat at the top, isn't it? Yeah, imagine how good that would be. Because yeah. let's be honest, when, when I, the few times recently when I've been to watch bands or whatever, I get sore, like, calf muscles. Well, imagine you, that. your back is a fragile thing. I've yeah. known you long enough to see you lying on the floor many times trying to straighten that out. It is, and it is an absolute nightmare, and that's, that's an inherent danger. Uh, but it would be a very grown-up or middle-class thing to bring to a festival. So we thought, first hour of the show tonight. Cards on the table. What is the most grown-up thing you've brought to a, a music festival, any form of festival? I'm going to say the the year that I realised that camping was no longer for me, yeah. I bought a pot of Marmite so that I was fine in the hotel the next morning. <laughs> if anything had happened <laughs> to you during the festival, they'd have found Marmite on you. Imagine getting frisked and having Marmite taken off you by the bouncer. <laughs> by security. Uh, so come on then, be honest. If you've brought something that's, you know, obviously festivals are about partying, yes. living life on the yes. edge and stuff, but sometimes you end up buying or bringing with you very grown-up things. Tell us about it. Like a yeast spread. You don't want to be doing a yeast spread. Danny says sun cream. Danny, I'm going to say that's actually that's not a grown-up thing. That's just a sensible thing you should do. You should be doing that. And I'm glad we're in a position where we're going to need sun cream this weekend. That's a good thing. Is the weather good? Is it looking good? The weather is looking good. Richie is my my first port of call with weather weather predictions. Christy says uh, a corkscrew. That sounds ridiculous, but actually, there's an undercurrent of weapon about it. But it does actually, sometimes when you, when you get a bottle of wine or sneak something yeah. in, or not, not sneak it in, you know what I mean? You get a bottle of wine, you can't yeah. open it. Yeah. I'll yeah. just leave that one there. Uh, Helen says a knife and fork, but not just any knife and fork, my favourite set. Egg and cress sandwich, probably the first thing that's been mentioned by Des that isn't a weapon. Dan in Newcastle says, I take off cuts of carpet for the doorway of my tent. Wow. So that when I take off my muddy, wet, welly boots, they don't make big pools of dirty water. We want to know about the sensible, grown-up, middle-class things that you take to festivals ahead of us, heading to the Isle of Wight this weekend. Uh, we've got Natalie on the line. Uh, Natalie, what grown thing do you or have you taken to a festival? A breast pump. Just in case you didn't hear that, because there's a bit of a ropey line, you brought a breast pump to a festival with you. Yes. Um, you're feeding at the time, yes? Please, please tell please. us, yes. I had a small baby that had been left at home with Dad and I was on a festival with my sisters. And if you don't, I mean, you know, having gone through the kid thing a couple of times, if you don't express, then you could. it's painful, isn't it? Us fellas don't even understand how painful it is. Oh, God. Yeah. Hey, Bush, let's show how grown up we are. I think it's mastitis. I think it is mastitis. Yeah, we know what's going on. Were you expecting to have a, a, a hands-free phone call chat about mastitis with Bush and Ritchie from Atsu Radio <laughs> this evening? No, not at all. So if you really want the best bit of the story, it's a poll on so common people underneath a big jacket I was pumping and then chucking in. That's amazing. That's I nice. bet Jarvis had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have had worse things chucked at him. <laughs> uh, Richie has previously bought uh, Marmite to a festival before. Long story. I want to bring a fishing seat. What is the most grown-up thing or most middle-class thing you've ever brought to a festival? I just realised I'd need it in the hotel. I was, I was done with camping. I would love it if that had been taken off you by security. That, that would have made my year. <laughs> uh, Jim, what did you bring? It was a hemorrhoid ring. 
<laughs> they sound like someone on the main rock stage <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> Tell us about it then. What happened? Uh, I had a little bit of an incident with my Chalfonts playing up. And I was off to... Uh, I can't remember where it was. I think it was Donington or somewhere like that. It was a rock festival I was going to mm-hmm. in a tent. Uh, obviously, rough ground. Yeah. A little bit tender, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So... I took my, uh, my hemorrhoid cushion with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, uh, some of the items we've heard of so far. But, Jim, that's that's right up there. That does take... Well, yeah, steady on. No. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, thankfully, they've all cleared up now, so... Oh, well, that's good mean. to know. It's nice to nice that you're, you're, you're back, back to where you were. Thank you very much. On yesterday's home time show, Bush and I were very much coveting walkie-talkies. You remember? Oh, we'd love walkie-talkies. Got very jealous of people that got to work in jobs that had walkie-talkies. Hearing from loads of you, home time listeners, getting in touch, saying, "Oh yeah, I have a walkie-talkie in my job." We're so jealous. Well, there's been a development. Look at this. Look at this. It looks like your wash bag. It's just a little black wash bag, isn't it? Surely for going, we're going to the Isle of Wight tomorrow. It's not a wash bag, but we can take this to the Isle of Wight tomorrow. We can have these for our 24-hour jukebox, raising money for Teenage Cancer Trust. Uh-huh. Look, walkie-talkies. Oh, look at them. They look beautiful. Little did we know all along, we don't get to work with them, but our engineering team, they have some. We had some so close all along. So they've been here all the time, all the time we've been going on about it. Just not for our use. That is amazing. I mean, I've never even owned one before. I've never been near one. To be uh, to be clear, we still don't own one. We've just been lent the, lent the use of by the Absolute Radio engineering team. So, fun with walkie-talkies, my friend. So, look, you know yesterday you lot were, were brilliant over... <laughs> Roger, all that kind of stuff. You lot were brilliant with, like, um, selling, telling us about your walkie-talkies at work. If you've got a walkie-talkie at work, you must do a game with it if you've got them. There's got to be some fun that we can be having now. We've got to be able to test them ahead of being able to use them for our 24-hour jukebox and the Isle of Wight Festival. Yes, so what do we do, all right? You walkie-talkie people, give us some fun that we can have with these right now, OK? Good fun, not so we don't get them taken back off by our engineering bots again, all right? Yeah, so... they, will, they will tell us off, so... <laughs> trust us. Uh, Dan from our production team reckons that they have got the range of from here at one golden square in the centre of London to the, uh, was it like the sweet shop, the corner shop at the other side of Golden Square, which we can see out the window here. Yes. uh, Now, that would be the first really useful use for these, particularly when you think about our 24-hour jukebox. I see, so if you're going, you know, we've got, we're quite specific about what sweets and and snacks we like. You can't just go to the shop and pick old anything. Yeah. Imagine you've had a walkie-talkie. I'd rather know if that's going to work now than get to the day and find that they haven't got that range. Well, we should put it to the test. Obviously, I've got a good vantage point from up here. Mm -hmm. Would you be up for... Going out there with the walkie-talkie and we can test the range. Yeah, let's give it a go. Uh, hi, Richie, come in, over. Copy that, Bush. Where are you right now, over? Hello, over. <laughs> Where are you right now, over? Are we on the radio, over? Yes, we're on the radio right now, over. I'm in the middle of Golden Square, over. I repeat my question, am I on the radio right now, over? Yes, Richie, you are on the radio right now. Over. Our careers will be over if you keep asking that question over. I've got a tweet from a bloke called Mike who says, like they do in films, I will turn the radio off. Any communicator will tell you it's a contradiction in terms. Over is reply expected. Out is no reply expected. Hashtag military comms. Over. 
Okay, well, let's just see, because it's it's quite a noise. Let's just see how far you can go with your walkie-talkie uh, before things kind of cut out as you head towards the sweet shop. Over and out. Uh, what do you want? Copy. A boost? A boost would be great. Thanks very much. Over. Walking. Let's see how far we can go. I feel like Annika Rice, although I think she had a slightly better piece of gear than a walkie-talkie. Over. You still got me. Yes, we can still hear you, over. People listening at home, over. Radio. Fire, walkie-talkie. OK. Uh, around the corner now, down to the... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Still got me, over. Copy. Roger. Just about got you, because you are crackling up quite badly. Over. Let's just radio in with him one more time on the new walkie-talkies to see he's OK. Uh, Richie, status update, please. Over. Uh, bad news, Bush. <laughs> the shop's shut. Roger. Could you repeat that one more time? Are you saying that the sweet shop is shut? Please copy that. The sweet shop is shut. Over. Uh-oh, Olympus has fallen. Just looking back, evaluating the last hour of the show, I would say it's been an hour of best intentions, best mm. intentions, but not quite hitting the mark. Um, you and I, walkie-talkies, wanted to go and get you chocolates from over the road. Walkie-talkies worked. Shop shut. We'll take the walkie-talkie bit of that one. That's fine. <laughs> Chris says on text, when my daughter was about 13, I put a walkie-talkie under her pillow. <laughs> then when she was in bed, I called her name in a creepy voice. What a laugh. My wife said I was cruel. That, do you know what, though? That is pretty funny. I that's pretty good dad jokes. As dad jokes go, that's pretty good. Uh, this one here, this is a really cruel text that's come into the show in, within the past couple of songs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we've tried to call her and she hasn't picked up. Caroline Knott has texted Richie and I to say... I've got walkie-talkies, which I use for the strangest reason you could possibly imagine. Any further details? No further details. You can't text like that and then not pick your damn phone up. We are off to the Isle of Wight Festival tomorrow. Could you be catching the last ferry to join us? She's got a ticket to ride. He's got a ticket to ride. They've got a ticket to ride. We'll get you there. Eight ferries have left already. There is one left to go this evening. It's the Absolute Radio Ferry. It's looking good. It's looking yeah. resplendent. Yeah, all the different decades have gone. Your classic rock, your country's gone. Absolute Radio could be a bit of anything. It could be quite difficult then, in It that could case. be. It could be the choppiest ride of all of them. The ferry's Ooh. about to leave. You'll hear the horn go over a song. You won't know what the lyrics are, but maybe you do. And if you do, you'll text us, 81215. Let's have a listen. Well, somebody told me... If you think you know, text us, 8-12-15. Let's have a listen one more time. Well, somebody told me you had a boyfriend That I had you I know you said hypothetically, imagine if you and I ran a ferry company. I'd love that. <laughs> you do the ferry over whilst I'm doing the other ferry back. Great idea. Would it, or do you want those little ones in... in um... In, like, Kingsweir, near where I used to live in, in Torbay, you've got one of them ferries where you've got, like, a, a, a tugboat pulling, like, a just, like, a... Yeah. It's like a platform. When we go over tomorrow, we'll see what they do and we'll start planning. You can see the cars in. <laughs> Forwards a bit, mate. Bit more, bit more, bit more. That's it. And waiting to tell us the lyrics that were covered by the horn is uh, Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm fine, thanks, mate. Yourself? We are good. Where are you on your way to? It sounds quite chaotic in the background. Uh, I'm just going down the A3 on my way to Portsmouth. Wow. wow! You won't be far from the ferry port if you win. <laughs> no, no, this is it. Uh, local lad. 
Good man. What, what's he like in... We didn't, we've never really been out in Portsmouth. Have you ever been out in Portsmouth, Richie? I've shopped in Portsmouth. I've done Gun Wharf Keys, and I, I know that. He's been down Gun Wharf Key. Anything else we should see in Portsmouth, Nick? No, to be fair, that's pretty much about it, really. <laughs> oh, great, OK. <laughs> Spinnaker Tower? He's, he's undersold the you, you are underselling it. That's Gun Wharf as well, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, really. That's a good point, so <laughs> it's just that Gun Wharf Key. Nick, uh, what were the lyrics that were covered by the horn? Who looked like a girlfriend? Let's have a listen. Well, somebody told me Congratulations, Nick. You are off to the Isle of Wight Festival weekend camping passes. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much. Brilliant. You get yourself down Gun Wharf Quay, or whatever it's called, and we'll uh, we'll see you at the festival. Fratton Park, that's another one. Another tourist attraction, Fratton Park. That's good. If you have any other places in Portsmouth that you think are worth checking out, do text the show 812.15. Time is ticking down to our 24-hour jukebox. We need all the help we can get. That's why we've enlisted some specialist help from the legend that is a friend of the show. It's Mr Paul McKenna. Hello, Bush. Hello, Richie. Paul, hello. Thank you so much for talking to us. I don't think there is going to be a more perfect person uh, to get us <laughs> mentally fit uh, for this uh, this 24 hours ahead. The yeah. thing is, Paul, this is something that we are excited about. We've chosen to do it, but every mm-hmm. now and then, something like it, you look at it and you think, 24 hours, this is daunting. And a man who deals in all things positivity, you are the man for us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, to do anything I can to help. Well, so give us some examples then, Paul. Of um, Have you ever helped anyone overcome, like, a, an, in, an endurance challenge or something that involves a sure. bit of stamina? Because I know you've worked with, like, sports people yeah. and, and uh, people in the world of acting and everything. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I, you know, I helped David Williams when he did his uh, cross-channel swim. And, you know, wow. you're, in the, you're in the water for something like 10 to 11 hours, and it's not all comfortable because there's all kinds of, you know, sewage and rubbish in the in the, in the ocean um, but you know what I did with David was got him to think about um, his favorite movies and literally replay scenes from them and particularly anything that associated with feel-good laughter you know to produce more of the body's natural opiates because uh, a long swim like that is is two things that the, the, ch- uh, the challenges are two things which is pain and boredom uh, with something like sounds like our doing, show um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the other day I interviewed Paula Radcliffe and I was saying you know so tell me about your your approach to running a marathon she said oh I don't do one marathon big marathon in my head I break it down into small chunks so I think I'm doing this bit for now you know this hour or this half hour I'm doing that to that particular point in the in the marathon etc so the thing is that we know from research is that when you take a, a big task and you break it down into small chunks it becomes much more manageable so that's um, you know one of the things I'd recommend I mean the other thing as well is because when you think what you just described me is you're thinking about this and in your mind, you're going, oh, God, how are we going to stay awake 24 hours? Oh, we're going to have a lot of coffee. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And so, in a way, you're already, you know, potentially building it up and building up the challenges, which is you need to be aware of. But if that's all you focus on, you've got to watch it doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what athletes do is uh, they refer to something they call being in the zone. Uh-huh. Right, you know, when they're in a peak state of performance, musicians call it being in the groove. Uh, psychologists call it being in flow. So what you do is very simple. Why don't we just do this as a quick um, um, thought experiment? Yes. Right, yeah. Imagine yourselves. Yeah. Imagine when you're in a peak state, when you're when you're absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Watch it as, as a movie in your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
you've got all that excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you know, there'll be the odd challenge, but you're in a great space because you're, you're raising money for a really good cause, Teenage Cancer Trust. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's going to create a, a real buzz because people are going to be calling in with a request, you know, all the good things, all the things you're looking forward to. And the fun, you can, it's actually going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be times when you laugh uh, and really enjoy yourselves. And then when that movie looks really good, in your mind, imagine yep. floating into that you. This is what the athletes do. They step into their ultimate self, see through your eyes, hear through your ears, and feel those good feelings, feelings of excitement, engagement, optimism, etc. And, and that's all you need to do is literally once a day, imagine it going really well, look at you looking healthy, happy, confident, motivated, etc., and then step into that you and see through the eyes of your motivated, confident self. That's brilliant. I, I like that. I, yeah. I, I actually closed my eyes. I didn't realise that my spinny chair had actually gone about 90 degrees. <laughs> I, 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 turned around. I, was, I was completely in the zone. Regarding the movie side of things, um, you know, th you, yeah. you, you talked yeah. about sort of like favourite movies and all that kind of stuff. Is that something that we should be doing beforehand or is that an exercise that will benefit us if, you know, if I'm sat there imagining Pacino and De Niro in heat? Can I do that during a long song on the day? <laughs> yeah, you could do. I mean, the thing is, is David's thing is, is not quite comparable because uh, you're actually, he's, he is, you know, putting one arm after the other in swimming, you know, and kicking his legs. Whereas what you're doing is you're sat behind a desk <laughs> yes. and you've got, uh, no, no, I'm not meaning to demean No, you're, you're being very honest. It's, it's fair point, it's fair point. And, 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 and also, you've got, you know, so yours is much more of a cerebral exercise than a physical one. I think so, you the, know, the, the use of go goose fat, I think, is the only thing that com is actually comparable between the two <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> so, 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 Paul, I, what, well, God, I was going to ask you, I mean, um, obviously you, you do this fantastic positivity podcast, which is, uh, would you say there's been an unprecedented and uh, not not a, an out, uh, outpouring or increase, but people have been willing to talk about it a bit more. Getting through this lockdown, this eighteen months, I, I, I sense that more people are struggling with their mental health and how they're feeling than, than ever before. Would you say that's the case? Well, it's the you know the research shows us it's absolutely the case. You know that the incidence of anxiety, panic, trauma, uh, depression, um, you know, loss of motivation, so procrastination, uh, through the roof, and uh, so. As well as there being a biological pandemic for the last well, more than 18 months now, mm. there's also a psychological one as well. Um, and so uh, people are sadly suffering with all kinds of you know, mental health challenges because a number of reasons. Firstly, they've got into the habit of catastrophizing, thinking, crikey, oh, what if I get sick? What if family gets sick? What if the economy crashes? What if my business? Yeah. Understandably, right? And then the, the other thing is that even people who are actually quite high achievers, they find that, um, you know, because they can't make concrete plans, or certainly not every one of them can, all the plans get cancelled they eventually are not able to sort of go, right, I'm going to go and do this because there is no certainty. And we know that human beings really don't like uncertainty. In fact, whenever we do studies into what people fear the most, the unknown is always in the top 10, sometimes higher than death. Oh, so wow. I've, I've talked to lots of people who are normally very motivated and confident and optimistic and, you know, and they go, I just sort of lost my mojo because I can't make any firm plans, you know. And, and so um, what I do with them is I help them to, even if they can't make an absolute plan, they can, they can look at the general direction of their life. And I, I get them thinking more positively about that. But yes, right. I suppose right now, in answer to your question, what I used to do was um, a bit of a luxury for some people. It's now become a necessity.
Mm. Yeah, it's almost like all the, from what you're saying and listening to the podcast, and you'll tell us in a second about what your project you've been working on, a lot a lot of, not all of the answers, you can find within yourself, just in terms of your own motivation and just unlocking certain parts of your brain that you might have shut down and not been using properly. Absolutely. I mean, and the job of somebody like me, and there are lots of people now that are coaches or therapists, is our job is to help you unlock that, you know, to assist you in that. But as you say, you know, you, you are the expert on you. You've got the resources within you. And a good coach or good therapist can help you get in touch with that and, you know, rediscover your passion for life, your, your focus and all the things that, you know, make life good. So your podcast uh, for people to, to to listen to some of the people that you've spoken to, maybe to gain tips, inspiration, stuff from yourself, obviously, that's available in all the normal places. Um, this isn't just in podcast form, though, is it? No, do you know, I, because... As I say, over the last eighteen months, I've been I've been sitting here, um, you know, just thinking to myself. I'll, I'll rephrase it. I've been sitting, you know, doing a video link conferences with people. So it might be ten people or ten thousand people, and everybody keeps coming up with more or less the same issues, which is they've got too much stress, worry, fear. They need confidence and self belief. They need uh, resilience, and they also need motivation and optimism. So uh, I've just, you know, today I'm just typing the last few words on a book, which is called Positivity. Confidence, resilience, motivation, and it's um, it's some of my best techniques ever, and also some new stuff as well. And I've put it all together in a very easy to read system. Uh, so, in the same way that there is a vaccine for the biological pandemic, I've thought about this as a vaccine, if you like, for the psychological pandemic. Oh wow! Fantastic. Well, uh, advice, uh, you know, more important than ever before. It's always an honour to have you on the show, Richie and I. We'll go into our 24-hour jukebox thinking of our favourite movies while the other one's talking. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is obviously a 24-hour jukebox. Ahead of that, Paul, if there was a must-play song for you, what would it have been? Ooh, what you mean? Um, well, I would just put on the whole of uh, Dark Side of the Moon. We could do that. We could do that. And with all due yeah. respect to Pink Floyd, if we were going to go and do that, we could put it on, take it, let, let it just play through, and we could equally get a nap. We could get a little oh, bit of sleeping, yeah. Thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> all right, pleasure. Fantastic. God bless. Paul Cheers, McKenna. Paul. Thanks so much. Cheers, Bush. Cheers, Richie. 